Mind Over Millennial contains explicit content that may not be suitable for all listeners. All views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this podcast belong solely to the creators of Mind Over Millennial. The creators are not licensed healthcare, finance, or life professionals, but we're happy to share our Google expertise with you. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to another episode of Mind Over Millennial. My name is Lauren. Uh, my name is Tess. <laughs> and Tess is hungover, but it's fine. I'm not hungover. Tess had a fun <laughs> night last night, and we have to record, and it's Saturday morning. So, I mean, she had a good Friday. I did. I did. Right. Yes. <laughs> so, Tess, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm, I'm drinking my antioxidants in the morning. Mm-hmm. and watching the storm roll in again. I thought I was going to have a pool day, but nope. Is there another hurricane in the Gulf or something? Or Yeah, Beta. They ran out of names. How they funny to, is that? They had to go through the alphabet again. Oh, God. Yeah. That's, that's We've officially dude. switched over to the Greek alphabet. 2020 is just like, dude. Uh. Hashtag 2020. Can I get it's an just amen? an explanation. It's just an explanation for things now. Hashtag 2020. All right. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, if this keeps happening in 2021, I'm just going to keep saying hashtag 2020 anyway. Oh, yeah. No, it's it's the year of just the, the I don't know, the curse or I don't know. The Mayans got it wrong. 2012 was great. 2020 is shit. So. Right. No, I, I actually heard that something about their number system or whatever, it actually was supposed to be 2020 something. I think that's just a, a happy muse given everything that's going on this year. Oh yeah, for sure. No, obviously I really believe it. I'm not quoting that statistic properly, no. <laughs> right. but I am starting to believe it's the year of the curse considering what happened to my car again. Yes, you have to share with, with oh, the few gosh. people, with the 20 people that listen to us, what happened <laughs> to your car? <laughs> So I had just gotten my car out of the shop because I had accidentally backed into a boulder in the parking lot going one mile an hour. I was so upset with myself. Um, But I got it out of the shop about a week and a half ago. Mm -hmm. Yesterday, I'm driving down the one of the two biggest highways in Texas, I-35. And I'm in the middle of a metropolitan area in the fast lane right next to that concrete divider thing. You know, that's it. Yeah. I'm driving and all of a sudden a deer leaps over the concrete divider having crossed three lanes of traffic and dive bombs into my car. What? My first thought was, is that a fucking deer? That's a fucking deer. Oh my God. <laughs> what? So Tessa's car is cursed. Literally. <laughs> I named him Black Betty after the song, you know, a Black Betty Bambalam, that song. 
by like spider bait or whoever they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like, now it's like a black cat kind of curse. Yep. And I, <sighs> I need a new car. My car, if anybody wants to buy a cursed car. <laughs> yeah. Hit Tess up. Literally, we'll sell it. So how are you, Lauren? I'm actually pretty good. I mean, uh, the lightning. So like, I don't know if anybody that listens to us follows hockey tests. I don't know if you actually really follow hockey or else we might be in, in, uh, opposite angles right now, but, uh, the lightning are playing the Dallas stars for the Stanley cup. Um, and, uh, we're actually one win away from winning the Stanley cup, but I'm also a little poopy about it because, the only way that the Lightning seemed to kind of win is in really off years. So they won like back in, I think it was 2004. And then in 2005, there was the shutout. So like all of the hockey players uh, decided to get together and band together and they didn't play for an entire season because they wanted uh, raises and stuff. Mm. And so... <laughs> Seems bold. If I said that, I think I'd just get replaced. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but... So the Lightning are are playing right now, and last night I was trying to watch the game. Like, I've, I haven't watched a lot of the games because so far a lot of the games that I've watched, they've lost. Um, they lost the first game of this series that I watched. Um, so I was like, all right, I'm not going to watch. And then I went and watched the second game <clears throat> with my friends because she had just had uh, – weird little breakup situation happened. So wanted that to sucks. be there. Yeah, it, it really did suck, that but sucks. I wanted to be there for her. Um, so we were watching the game and I was just like, if they get behind, like, I'm just going to leave and it's <laughs> not you, it's me. <laughs> I'm the curse. I am the curse. So, um, so they actually did win by like, I think it was, it was something insane. And they won um, by like, I think it was like five or six to one or two or something. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then they won the next two games. Last night they won. And today will be the final game. So uh, we're recording at like noon Eastern, which is. Yes. So that you can watch, watch the game. So I can watch the game. Um, So yeah. So I'm, I'm pretty happy. I'm pretty stoked. I'm, I'm hoping that it goes well. And if you guys are hockey fans, um, I'm a lightning fan. I'm not going to talk shit about any other team. I'm not going to chirp anybody. Um, and I did also play hockey. So like, that's why I'm a huge hockey fan. So that's my week. It's been pretty good so far in that's that awesome. regard. Yeah. And you asked about me following hockey. I'm more one of those people that's like, oh, look, sports ball. Who, what color are we cheering for? Right. <laughs> right. I guess in this thing, it's more like sports disc, but still. <laughs> I mean, I know enough people that do call it sports ball. I've gotten a lot of my friends into hockey, surprisingly. Um, Tim's trying to get me into football because he's a pretty diehard Chargers fan. Is he? he? He got frumpy when they moved from San Diego to Los Angeles, which I can understand, you know, having heard lots of rants about that subject. Um, <laughs> you know how they are. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, I, I tried. I legitimately enjoyed a couple games last year. So I now know some of the rules. Yeah, my brother played football growing up, and I hate watching football because I know too much of it just watching every single game. But yeah, it's just, it's not my sport. No offense to anybody that likes football. My, my husband loves football, uh, or at least college football. I just, I could go without it. I'm perfectly fine without it. I love hockey. That's my sport. I love the um, watch parties. Yeah, those are great. I like going to them and then not watching. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, that's usually what happens with most women at watch parties anyways, which is fine. <laughs> we'll be the stereotype this time. We'll be a stereotype. I'm fine with that. Um, but anyways, this week, what we're going to end up talking about is actually uh, how to build credit and like what credit is, because I feel like a lot of people that we've talked to really have that as an elusive thing in their life that they never really understood growing up. And then you just get thrown into this world of, oh, well, you don't have any credit. How are we supposed to trust you? Right? Yeah. So I'm going to lead in with a quote that's from Market Realist about why credit is important in the U.S. economy, how it leads into inflation and all of those fun things. And then we'll kind of get into how we can actually build credit. So this is just laying the land for people to understand why credit has become so imperative, especially in the 21st century. So from the Market Realist, it is, quote, credit leads to an increase in spending, thus increasing income levels in the economy. This, in turn, leads to higher GDP, which is gross domestic product, and thereby faster productivity growth. If credit is used to purchase productive resources, it helps in economic growth and adds to income. But credit further leads into the creation of debt cycles. So all this is like really fancy wording for just saying that the way that credit benefits the U.S. economy is that credit leads to increasing spending. Like basically what that means is the more people spend, the more we have to catch up in how much people make and how much prices go up for things. Correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm legitimately trying to understand this as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Is it true to say that credit benefits the economy, but maybe not the individual? I think you're correct in saying that as well, because when we get into the last bit of it, it says credit further leads to the creation of debt cycles, right? Right. And you're talking all about like building the economy and strengthening the economy, which I understand in turn like helps out the individual, but it kind of sounds like it's more of the larger scale than it is the individual person's. Right. So when it comes to the individual, the reason that credit now is important is because in the 21st century, it's the only way that companies really look at you or people look at you. And by people, I mean these corporations that you're trying to lend from or even rent from and determine how trustworthy you are. And the only way that you can really do that and show that you are able to is with a good credit score, else you have the penalty of having really high interest rates or potentially higher deposits for things like rent or utilities or anything like that. And the way that we have kind of, as a country, intertwined everything, and like I can't speak for other countries because I truthfully don't know, but given the world economy, I would imagine this is kind of the same way for other countries as well, where we have intertwined even just basic necessities such as utilities, like internet, getting your cell phone, anything along those lines with a credit score. Oh yeah, absolutely. When I uh, first got out of college, I had zero credit. <clears throat> didn't I just didn't register. <laughs> they, would, they would do a credit check on me and be like, who are you again? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so- I had to get an apartment. I had to provide um, like a proof of income or a job uh, offer statement. Mm-hmm. And then for utilities, I had to do, I mean, it wasn't even like first months, last months and down deposit. It was an obscene amount of money just to get my electricity turned on, which they screwed up anyway. But 
that's a different part of just frustration. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a hell of a thing. And like I was very lucky, and we're going to talk about this too, is how, you know, parents can help your kids build credit. And actually, that's a really great segue into it. Mm-hmm. So we'll just talk about that now. Um, so one great way that people can build credit before they're 18, and this really is something that like parents, it's your responsibility to teach your kid about credit because it's not the same as when like my parents grew up my parents were born in the 50s and 60s. So like, let's just put that out there. Mine were born in the 40s and 50s. So I got yeah. to be just a little bit. Right. So like, but but you also have to keep in mind that credit wasn't that imperative while they were growing up. Right. The only reason that my parents um, kind of set me up for success in that way was because they were both uh, financial analysts. So that's something that they knew was coming because they were in that industry. But nowadays with us, like the millennial generation, these Gen Xers, everybody that is having kids right now, um, one way that you can genuinely set your kid up for success is if you have a credit card and you have decent credit and you're making those minimum payments or paying off a credit card every single month, which by the way, I suggest you do that rather than doing the minimum payment. We'll get into that yes. a little later too. Yes, because I can get expensive. Exactly. Um, and that leads to the debt cycle. Ha ha. Yeah. But a great, uh, very bad. A great way to set your kid up for success is to actually have them as an authorized user on your credit card, basically as soon as they're born, because then they're establishing a credit line for years. They're by the time they're 18, they potentially have 17 or 16 years of credit because I think you have to wait until they're at least like one or two. Mm -hmm. At least that's what my parents did. I'm not sure if that's like the legal thing to do, but your kid as a baby isn't going to be using your credit card anyway. And if you're being responsible with your payments and you're building your own credit or you're paying off your credit card monthly, then that is a great way that they can establish not only a line of credit, but also having that long-term credit usage. And it's huge for having a good credit score as your length of credit. And what that does for them is it benefits them moving forward because when they do have to make that first utility payment, when they do have to set up their, you know, their cell phone, their internet or whatever, when they're 18, or if you choose to have them get their own cell phone line earlier, what it does is it sets them up for success because they're not going to have that astronomical deposit. Absolutely. Yeah. I will say though, as a cautionary tale to what you just said, I had a friend whose dad did something similar, um, opened some credit cards in the son's name Mm. and then, uh, screwed up his credit score because he ended up using those credit cards and using them badly. And then when the son, you know, looked at his credit score, he was like, wait, why, why do I have such a bad credit score? It's because dad's been using stuff. Right. So there's a difference between having an authorized user and opening up a credit account. So an authorized user on, like, so my mom has a credit card, right? My mom has a credit card and she says that I am an authorized user on her credit card. I am not held responsible, accountable, or anything along those lines for paying off the credit card, mm-hmm. but I do benefit from that user agreement. Like think of, right. Think of any terms of use that you accept now. Uh, <laughs> as iTunes. That, yeah, iTunes from that user agreement to her credit score and it builds mine. I am not saying in any way, shape or form that as a parent, you should open up a credit card or a credit account in your child's name that you are going to use. That's shitty because that does. And honestly, like almost every single time that I've seen that sort of thing happen, what that means is that you're being a parasite and you have run out of your lines of credit. So you're opening up their lines of credit and you're trying to fuck them over. Yeah. Like, 
Also, I mean, I, I realize it's family and all that kind of stuff, but that seems like credit card fraud because if I did that to you, right, you would no. in the law after me for identity theft. Right. It, it absolutely is. And it's honestly like, it, I think it's a, a very sophisticated form of child abuse too in the 21st oh, century. Like I, I really wouldn't be surprised if we see a few cases as people grow up where they sue their parents for opening up lines of credit for them. Because again, like there's a difference between having, being the responsible party as you would uh -huh. be as having your kid as an authorized user versus right. using their social security number or anything else. And then saying, I, as the adult authorize this to be the case, but the child takes the responsibility for any, uh, misdoings. Right. Right. So like, that's one thing to be cautious of, but also like, cautious of if you're a shit adult like honestly like I don't think anybody would really need to be cautious of that as a victim of it but I don't think there are any and I didn't do research on this so like I could just be blowing smoke but I didn't do any research on it to see if that was currently something that is punishable by law hmm. I don't think it is because again a parent authorizes it and then the kid is kind of stuck with that consequence but if you've ever had that experience like I would I would love to hear more about that and you can send yeah. us an email at uh mind over millennial podcast at gmail.com. And I would, I would love to hear that. Absolutely. Um, another way that you as a parent can set your kid up for success is having a secured credit card, which is basically you give a deposit or your child will give a deposit. So have your kids save up and then they put a deposit down, which will eventually turn into, um, their actual credit limit. So like if they have a deposit of a thousand dollars, they give a bank a thousand dollars. And then they get a secured credit card, which is the same amount of that deposit. So they have a thousand dollars of credit, quote unquote, right. to use. And then um, they have to pay it back as they continue going because that's what you do with a credit card, right? Like this isn't a debit card. And we'll get into the differences of both too. But a credit card, when you have a secured one, if you don't pay that money back, so if you aren't giving them that monthly payment, they mm -hmm. take that deposit and they pay with that deposit the um, secured amount. I'm not, yeah. I'm not sure what happens if you end up like missing a couple payments and then the secured amount is gone. I've never used one. They will close the account. Okay. Yes. I, I started my line of credit with a secure credit card. Um, yeah because I could not get an actual credit card again, because I had no credit. Um, and you give them that deposit. Mine happened to be $500 at the time, because I was just trying to build that score. I didn't really care about the credit card. Mm -hmm. um, and you have to continue paying off your credit card for mm, six months to a year, I believe, because you have to establish that length of trust, basically, to say like, yes, I will put something on the credit card every month. Wait till the bill comes in. So that, that, that was a tricky one. I don't know if you were going to cover that, but that was a tricky one. I didn't know to establish a line of credit, secure credit card or not, you have to wait until your bill comes due to pay off your balance. If you swipe your card and you immediately go pay that balance, you still have no line of credit, even though you have a credit card. Yep. And that was just the weirdest thing. Cause I was like, I want to pay it off. I'd done everything with like debit cards and everything before. And I was like, I want to pay this off, you know, and I don't want to have a credit card with, you know, the big interest payment and all that kind of stuff. And they were like, no, you have to wait. Like you don't have to wait for it to be passed due, but you have to wait for it to be due. Mm -hmm. yep. So, but yes, with a secure credit card, you pay off for six months to a year, and then they will send you your deposit back and you get to keep the credit card. 
which is awesome. So you're like giving them that money as a kind of a good faith, like trust me because here's my um, collateral, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then once you've established that line of credit and that amount of trust, if you will, in a credit score, they send you that back. And sometimes they will even raise your limit after they send you your money back. Which is great. And that, that moves in. So like you, you move from that secured credit card into an unsecured credit card. Yes. Right. And so something to think about when you do open up a line of credit, especially with a credit card, all of the money that you spend, you owe back with possible (laughs) interest over your lifetime or the lifetime of the loan. And keep in mind that that interest continually accrues over every single payment. So not only would you possibly, like if you owed $5 one month and you didn't pay the minimum amount, which would be like maybe 50 cents, or you did, you're still accruing interest on that $5. Or and on if, the 450. Or on that 450, excuse me. And then the next month when you get your return, you're going to have possibly 12 to 22% interest. Mm-hmm on $4.50, which doesn't sound like a whole lot, but when you make that into a thousand dollars, yeah, you're, you're looking at a very, very large sum of money. So when you are spending money on a credit card, really and truly, I recommend only using it for extreme necessities or things that you know, you will be able to pay off within a month. Credit cards are not for cars. Oh no. They are not for giant expenses. They are mainly and honestly, mainly for emergencies that are under a grand. If you make enough money to pay a grand back off in a month or anything that is going to be miscellaneous spending that you know you can pay off in a month so that you can build your credit score. Yes. I will say you said not large expenses and I agree with you with a small caveat. Mm -hmm. If you have a credit card or something that's like specifically for travel Mm. where you can like get points back on a vacation or on a travel or something like that, and you're making this extremely conscious decision, it's not, it's not a just, you know, swipe or go swipey kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, no swipey, but there we go. Yes. (laughs) I did not watch Dora. I don't know. Anyway. Swiper, no swiping. Okay. I tried. (laughs) I tried. It's fine. Uh, Come on, bomb notes. Everybody, let's go. Like you said, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway. No, you're good. You're good. Um, making a very conscious decision and not just getting swipe happy. There, I'll say it that way. Right. Um, <laughs> I'm going to bleat at you. <laughs> Stop dying. Come back. <laughs> She's dying. She can't breathe. <laughs> You keep talking. I'm I'm here. What? <laughs> That's not that funny. Although I did get somebody with that one time. Side story. I I just want to point out that I feel like we're gonna have to have a goat somewhere on like our merch or something because this is not the first time that you've bleated on me and this is like our sixth episode that we're gonna be posting. So <laughs> maybe six sorry? or seven. I don't I'm know. sorry. I'm, I'm derailing us for a minute. Okay. Spanish class. We had to do a skit. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. This is, this is about to be very bad. I did not pick the skit. Mr. Hernandez picked the skit. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I didn't do this because this was really bad. We were supposed to be crossing the border with animals. I didn't pick the skit. 
Okay, and I also want, I need, I need to preface this. <laughs> I didn't pick the skin. Tess, where did, where did you go to school? Where did you take this class? Uh, Southwest Texas Junior College in Uvalde. Okay, continue. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So we're supposed to be crossing the border. We're doing the whole thing in Spanish. And then we have this box with us. And at the end, we open the box and the goat, there was no goat, but the goat is supposed to bleat. So I was the goat. Yeah. <laughs> so in the middle of Spanish class, I pop out with <laughs> My professor freaked out, stopped the skit, and went and inspected the box because he thought we brought a goat to class. And I was like, no, it was me. <laughs> okay, but even in Southwest Texas, I feel like people should know that people know how to intimidate or intimidate god uh we do know how to intimidate goats sometimes it's too <laughs> but also know how to um imitate yeah imitate a goat because i speak english and intimidate <laughs> and imitate are the same word god. enemies are my enemies <laughs> anyway back to credit and important life things because goats are not what we're here to talk about sorry y'all i mean i feel like goats are pretty important 2020 has been a fucking year man if you can get a goat and get that agricultural tax break and you enjoy goat meat fucking go at it um sorry to anybody that's a vegetarian or vegan respect your life choices but meat is meat um okay so <laughs> Um, another way that uh, kids can actually set up credit for themselves is to have a student card. So like, anybody that's going into college right now, you can actually sign up for a student card. You do have to potentially prove that you have a source of income or something along those lines, but like you can get with a Discover or anything like that. Um, I hope that's not a trademark. Like, don't sue us. We're trying to, it's a, it's a free plug, Discover. Like, don't fuck us over. But, no, Discover um, was what I started my secure credit card with, so we can use that. It's a legit source. Okay. Um <clears throat> So for like, you know, students that are in two to four year uh, schools um, can actually sign up for these student cards and you do have to prove that you have a, a line of income. But what it does is it has a little bit lower of an interest rate and it helps you build that credit. I would recommend using these cards for buying gas and then waiting for that account summary to come, waiting for that actual bill to come. And then you pay it off literally like the next day and that's how you continually see your credit climb without having major issues like um, potentially building your credit with a car loan or when you get right. older trying to build your credit with a mortgage because those interest rates kill you the older yes. you are with those larger purchases. Absolutely. Because if you get a credit card with you know a high interest rate, like 15%, something like that, Yes, it's a high interest rate on maybe, let's say you spend $1,000 one month. Mm -hmm. If you try to buy a house with no credit, you're going to get a high interest rate on a, you know, $150,000 purchase. And then that just, that eats away and you're paying interest on the interest on the interest and you never even get down to the actual payment amount. Right. Yeah. And I mean, like, just to kind of speak on that with my personal experience, my credit score is obviously, I mean, it's like... <laughs> <laughs> Batting herself on the back over here. Okay, start flexing. Go ahead. Um, it's been quite high. I was set up for success, y'all. I was set up for success. Um, 
but again, like these are things that as adults, like as if you are listening as an adult, if you are responsible and you want your kid to have, you know, the, the same luxuries that I have and, and honestly, like the privileges that I have legitimately have them as an authorized user on your credit card. If you pay off your credit card and you are responsible and you want your kid to be set up for success in the next, like in 2040, credit's going to be incredibly important. Like we think it's important now. It's only going to get more important. You want to set your kids up for success. That's the way to do it. But my, um, my credit score and Ian's credit score together, we were able to buy our house, which our mortgage loan was like 140. Um, which is pretty decent, especially. Yeah, that's not too bad. I'm sorry. I forgot. They can't see me. I made a face like, oh yeah, that's good. No. Yeah. Um, but (laughs) but it's, you know, it's a starter home, which like it's, and we live in the middle of nowhere. Like people that live in inner cities, like you, I don't think that you could probably find anything like in Tampa alone, even where, no matter where you are with the square footage, like our home that we have now would probably be $300,000 here. Like it really is about location too. Oh yeah. Our interest rate due to our credit is a 4%. And that was in 2019. And we actually paid some points and we'll talk about mortgages, not in this episode, but in a later one, cause that's enough. Like buying a home is its own fucking creature. Oh yeah. That's, that's a big one. Buying a uh, home, buying a car as I'm going to have to do soon. Yeah. <laughs> we can talk about your experience too. <laughs> um, but you know, we are, our interest is, was 4% and we bought points for it and everything to lower it. But we are still like our mortgage quote unquote payment a month is $650. Mm-hmm. And of that 650, 450-ish dollars yeah. goes specifically to interest, y'all. And that's, that's with a 4% interest rate. That's crazy. Like that's, uh, I, I'm thankful that your payment is that low. Cause I think about a mortgage payment as being rent pretty much. I know there's mm-hmm. some other things that go into that, but that's just, oh, no, it hurts me to think that like, I'm not even paying for what I bought. I'm paying for the interest on what I bought. Yeah. Well, I mean, but the, 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 the benefit is, is that with our loans, you can also, and we'll get into this. We're, we're now getting into mortgages, but like you can pay off principal and you can do that too with a credit card. Yes. So like you can choose to pay off the principal of the loan, which is not the interest. And if you pay off enough of the principal, then the interest, you could also potentially, if you had to, you could go to court and get that negated but that's a whole nother beast in and of itself and i am not a good well, enough resource to talk on that and of course the you know optimal situation would be that you don't have a ton of credit card debt and so right. you don't have to pay that interest because another really important point is you know you want to wait till that statement comes in so that you're establishing your line of credit and your credit score is going up but if you pay before the due date and you pay the entire amount off you actually pay no interest Mm-hmm. Exactly. Which exactly. is excellent. And that's what that, again, optimal situation. I realize it's not going to be true for everybody, but if you can keep those credit cards, you know, use them a certain amount, you can put limits on them, yep. like your own soft limits and just say like, Hey, cut me off at. Yep. Yep. And that's absolutely fair too, because the benefit that credit card and banks see is when you have those interest needs. So when they get that interest back, that's all money that they receive. Right. So when you're thinking about it, just be sure that you are taking care of yourself. You're taking care of what you need and really only use a credit card for an absolute need when you're beginning, when you get into it. And when you're a little bit older and you have a little bit more stability, then spend a little bit more on the credit card, use it for things or like even find 
um, credit cards that have no APR for a few months. Like there are things like Best Buy, where if you're in an absolute bind and you have to get something and that's not like, oh, I have to get the PS5. No, it's like, (laughs) oh, I absolutely like I'm moving into a new place and I absolutely have to get a washer and dryer because I'm not going to go to a laundromat, even though I'm renting, but I'm renting a house now. And I have to get like, this is what Ian and I did. We had to get a washer and dryer. So we opened up a line of credit with Best Buy and we actually were able to do a um, no interest as long as it's for the first year. So like guys, there's a caveat there too, is you have to pay off whatever you have bought within that time frame, else you owe interest for the entire time. So whatever your original bill was, and I think like for us, it was like, it's like $1,800 for a that's washer. Expensive. And, well, yeah, but their washers, it's a washer and dryer that's lasted us and hopefully will last us. It lasted us since 2017. So hopefully it'll last us another four or five more years. And like, they're perfectly fine. Nothing's wrong with them. No, sorry. I wasn't, I wasn't trying to judge. I no, they're my, expensive. It I was, got my washer and dryer off of Craigslist. There was yeah. 150 bucks for the pair. Yeah, no, ours, ours were expensive and they were brand new, but yeah. like, I mean, it, and again, like that's a, that's an entire choice. Like that's not something that I'm advocating for. It, it really is no, just a choice. I just, I'm sorry. That was just a reaction of like, whoa, <laughs> adulting is expensive. <laughs> adulting is expensive. But um, we got a little, you know, line of credit with them and we paid off everything within the time frame that we needed to. But keep in mind that if you choose to do that sort of thing, like you go to an Ashley furniture or you go to a Best Buy or you're getting all these random little things that you need or quote unquote want right. for your home, if you don't pay that off in the proper amount of time, then you owe like the 18 to 24% interest from the time that you bought it almost a year and a half ago, depending on how the credit lies. So like, right. Read the fine print because they may go back and say, well, you didn't pay us off in the first year. So now we're going to charge you Mm -hmm. for all of those months of interest you never saw. Mm -hmm. And I mean, depending on what you're buying, like you could be spending six grand at a furniture store and not realize that you're accruing interest for two to three years on six grand. And that's not cheap because that's each month they add that 22%. And then that number that they choose is the 22% plus whatever you bought. Mm-hmm. It, it keeps growing. Yeah. So just be careful when you're signing up for any sort of credit card, especially around interest rates. And that's not to scare you. It's just be responsible when you're building your credit because banks aren't going to help you out. And this is coming from a daughter of bankers. Like there are plenty of people that will try to educate you, but banks will not help you out. <laughs> you have mm-hmm. to, you have to be responsible for you. Um, also, we talk about opening lines of credit opening a line of credit will negatively affect your credit score if you do that too many times. Mm -hmm. Because is it, I I think I'm misquoting this, so please correct me. Isn't it the average number of years that you, since you've opened a last credit card? So like if I opened a credit card three years ago and then I opened one this year, my actual length of credit is a year and a half. Is that how that works? Yeah. So it's about, it's dependent on the length of credit that you have from the beginning of when your credit was established. So it's a little more difficult than just saying that like, oh, I have one account at, you know, 19 and then I open up one at 21 and that halves my credit uh, stability, I I guess. Um, Because it also has to do with like the main things that affect your credit are your length of credit, um, 
your repayment of your credit and um, any of your credit history having to do with especially like being foreclosed on or being late for rent or even not paying your utilities, like things that are traced back to you, those can negatively impact you more than opening up a credit line. Oh, for sure. But yeah. to Tessa's point, opening up a credit line, if you have that hard pull, does actually affect your credit. Um, and sometimes it's something that only affects your credit for like a month or two. Mm -hmm. But even still, like nobody at, even, even myself at uh, 21 when I was officially like when, officially when I was legally married and on my own because um, <laughs> that's official Facebook official um, sort of sort kinda. of kind of it's only a piece of paper right um, I still don't have my piece of paper it's somewhere no <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> it's sitting in a courthouse somewhere I know that anyways um, <laughs> so when even myself, like even with the amount that my parents set me up for success with, um, you still do have a lot of impact on your own credit when you open up your own lines yes. and you're no longer just like an authorized user. Like those are different types of credit. Um, it does set you up to where you have an established line, but then opening up your own credit account and continuing moving forward in that way as, as an adult on your own mm -hmm. does affect your credit score, does affect the interest rates that you're being offered. And so on and so forth, with act, which brings us into our next kind of idea, which is um, one of the ideas that's kind of floated around to parents and adults and even younger kids, like younger kids, people our age. <laughs> I'm a kid at heart. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, who, who are trying to help build lines of credit, but also um, know that other people don't have any lines of credit. You can co-sign a loan with somebody. Oh, yeah. There are a few benefits of co-signing. So with co-signing, you're both building credit. Hopefully one of you has better credit than the other person. But usually in those situations, whomever has the better credit is co-signing a loan that the lesser credited person is going to be responsible for. Right. And so what that means is that your debt is going to be tied to another another individual who may not be as responsible as you are. And what happens then is that if they happen to default on that loan, so what defaulting on a loan is, is that you no longer hold yourself responsible for paying that loan back at all. Like you just, you have no funds to do so and legally you default from that loan. Um, the next responsible person to pay off that loan is your co-signer. Right. And that includes so, all of the interest that includes anything that accrued that includes penalties. It's, it's really difficult. Um, so my advice to anybody that's considering co-signing with anyone only do it with people you trust for sure. And only do it with somebody that will potentially after getting the original loan, will refinance that loan in their name so that you are no longer held responsible. Right. So after a year or six months mm -hmm. when they have a better credit and they have, pardon me, established that they can make those payments and that kind of thing, they can go back and get a lower interest rate on their own mm -hmm. as opposed to having to, you know, get the better credit score person to vouch, if you will, layman's terms for them. 
Right. No, exactly. And like something to even kind of consider is that if you're not really a market savvy person or you don't really look at the markets much, just look around you and see if there's like, see if there's a lot of houses on the market that are selling really quick. See if there are things like construction that's being stalled or construction that's happening or like even road construction that's going on because those are social cues that interest rates are either higher or lower due to the state of the economy. Mm-hmm. So like, those are things to really kind of look for, because if you, you know, you guys, we all kind of grew up during the 2008 recession. If you consider that time, like there was a lot of construction that was happening up until 2007 and then 2008 with the housing market crash, everything stalled. Right. Yeah. And there is a lot of construction going on right now. And I work in the, you know, new home business and they're selling faster than we can get them off the lots. Like I, I know that's not really how you say that, but it, they're moving, they're selling. It's crazy. Yeah. And interest rates are incredibly low. So like oh, yeah. one thing to consider as a layman is that if, if these things are happening, what it means is that interest rates should be really, really, really low for you. And mm-hmm. that's a great time to get involved in maybe buying a car or buying a house or refinancing any of those loans that you currently have, which will affect your credit and also your day-to-day life, especially for something that's like a 30-year mortgage. Right. And so, you know, those are just some great ways to get off the starting line, building your own credit. Um, And before we end today, the last thing that I really want to talk about is the differences between um, a credit card and a debit card. Because as we grow and as the 21st century kind of continues, a lot of people are writing checks less. I mean, there are even some kids that are growing up that don't even know what a check is. I don't think I have any checks for my bank accounts that are currently open. I had one for the bank account that I had in high school and I just never ordered checks. Really? I was going to ask you, like, what was the last time you wrote a check and and like for yourself, like personally and not for uh, business? For personal? Um, I think I wrote one check in my entire life for personal. You're kidding. Yeah, no. Um, but for like business stuff, you know, like paying a business or something like that, I've written a few, but now I just usually do uh, money orders. Mm-hmm. Money just orders the, or cashier's checks are great ways yeah. to go to go to the post office and just get that. Uh, one thing I did want to mention on the debit card versus credit card thing, and you might have already uh, planned to say this, but it's just a really quick like pro for the credit card mm-hmm. is sometimes you can have insured payments, <clears throat> mm-hmm. meaning that if you are a victim of identity theft or card fraud or whatever, sometimes the debit card, they'll make you eat it. Yep. Not always. I have I have had my debit card um, falsely charged or whatever. You know, somebody charged it. I think it was like Justice Girls clothes. And I was like, I don't shop there. That's not me. Like, can you take that off, please? I, I don't have an eight-year-old. Can you please remove this? <laughs> Literally. Um, so they, they were able to get the money back from the store. But that's the issue with the debit card. So if your debit card is charged... Uh, by somebody else and you did not make that charge, the bank will try to go to the store and say, hey, we want the money back. If the if the store says no, or maybe you were, they just got cash or something like that, then that money's just gone. Mm-hmm. But with a credit card, if you call your credit card company and say, hey, I didn't make that charge, they will just cancel the charges as opposed to saying, oh, you have to pay for this. Yep. So they are just a little bit safer as far as that is concerned. Yep. And that's definitely something to consider if you're making a larger purchase or anything along those lines. Again, if you are making a larger purchase, make sure that you can pay it off in a month oh, yeah. or you're ready to eat whatever the extra cost is going to be of that 
interest rate because a lot of people don't talk about interest rates and how much people can really get into bad debt because of them. Um, so the other major thing like Tess was talking about is that the, the difference between the insured payment and having the debit card is that that debit card pulls directly from your checking account. So that is money that you have in pocket um, and that you've already made, but there are penalties if you were to spend more than you make. So if you happen to overdraft on that account. Yes. So if you don't have enough money for in a major purchase that you absolutely need to make, and when I say need, I mean need, like you need to get groceries or something along those lines. Um, that's something that you could use a credit card for if you know that you can also pay off that credit card um, right. rather than overdrafting your account because then you incur extra fees on the overdraft. <laughs> <laughs> but one thing that I thought was kind of interesting from the financialbrand.com, they actually had an article in 2009 calling out the title, quote unquote, checking account as being obsolete. And I think they might not be wrong because when you think about it, a checking account usually applies to like a literal check, like back That's in true. the day, yeah. like your checking account was whatever you were going to take out with your check. And so like, I think there's a little bit of a debate going on whether or not it should just be a, um, a withdrawal account as opposed to checking account. I mean, I'm, I'm a history person. I like the the feel good about a checking account and you know, that's what we all call it, but no. Yeah. I, I totally get what you're saying. It kind of reminds me of, um, the first time I told a Gen Zer to hit the pound sign and they oh, said yeah. the what? I was the like, hashtag <laughs> literally. I was like, what the, Oh my God, you don't know what a pound sign is. Yeah. That's crazy. I have not had to deal with that yet, but, uh, I could imagine I, I have felt old lately. It's I was having a discussion last night with some guys about AOL Messenger and MySpace, and I was like, I feel so old. Like I feel so nostalgic, but I feel so old. <laughs> Just thinking about the, that alone, like your your AOL Messenger alone or away message, like just yeah. like. BRB and like all different letters with some little sparkles and fringe. BRB, TTYL, LOL, ILY or something like that. I don't even know if we had LOL back then. We said haha. A lot of people said haha. A lot of people said hee hee. I don't know if you're- I never got that one. I, I never, that. I was, I was like, hee hee hee. Like what are, what is that supposed to sound like when I read it in my head? You know? I always thought of Michael Jackson going hee hee. Like I, I never- <laughs> I legitimately <laughs> never thought of it as anything else. So I never understood people that used hee That's amazing. I love it. I, was, I love that. I'm not, now I'm always going to hear it that way. I hope you do. I really <laughs> hope you do. I hope that stays with you and everybody else listening to this podcast. Um, so like, <laughs> I just wanted to also ask you, um, who was the last person to write you a check? Um, my stimulus check. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the U.S. government. Yes. Got it. Yeah, got that it, was actually it. really funny. I thought I didn't get one. Hmm. Um, cuz I've had to pay taxes every year. I don't get a return. I always have to pay. So they didn't have a direct deposit to my bank account. And I had moved addresses recently or not that recently, but I was thinking, okay, they don't have my bank account. I'm not sure. I like I filed at this address last year. So I was like they should have my address, but I've had some mail that's like getting lost. And I didn't find it until um, early August. Wow. It had gotten stuffed under a stack of mail. Mm. And I, I, it took me forever to find it. I was so thankful that I did. 
Okay, well, I mean, that makes sense, too, because, like, the U.S. government is a pretty old entity because the next question was going to be how old are they? But, I mean, like, that whole question kind of resides in the fact that I feel like the older generations, so, like, my parents, your parents probably are more savvy on writing checks than using, like, Zelle or PayPal or something along those lines where we transfer money the same way that you could with a check just through, you know, the wire. Yeah, no, I don't think my mom has any of those on her phone. And I think she tried to use PayPal at one point and just like quit and mailed somebody a check. I love it. (laughs) What about you? Who was the last person that wrote you a check? Uh, My mom. Okay. My mom. Absolutely. Um, I still get checks from like aunts and uncles occasionally for like birthdays and stuff. Um, One of my aunts is the sweetest woman alive. Like legitimately, she is a saint. Um, And she'll send birthday checks for however old you're turning plus one so that you get an extra Aww, yeah so that you get a little sweet. extra yeah and she's just she's the best that's so sweet yeah but um past that i think it was probably my grandparents and see yeah. you're naming relatives that are dead well for me so like yeah <laughs> yeah my grandparents are dead too now but <laughs> i'm sorry i didn't mean to like rub that i just meant like no, it's fine. Might have been dead. So, like, I don't really get birthday checks. <laughs> no, I get it. I get it. Yeah, and your parents are older, like, obviously, the 40s and 50s. Is that what you said? Yeah, my dad was born in 44. Oh, holy fuck. Yeah, he's an oldie. Oh, man. I was doing really well. I wasn't cursing that much this episode. That that threw me <laughs> over the edge. All right. All right. Um, <laughs> I shall bleed at you again. No, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll fall apart. Um, <laughs> My last question, when did you actually learn to write a check? Uh, I think I was three or four. Really? I was my mom's office assistant when I was like two and three. And so I think she had me writing checks by the time I was like four. How are you an office assistant at two? I could hardly walk, I think. <laughs> um, she traded futures from home. And so she taught me to like do the download and uh, print off everything from that like really old windows 95 with the like keyboard that's like clack clack yeah. clack you know um and so i would do that every day and it was like my little 10 minute task to go in and i knew exactly which button to click and do the little download and then i'd bring in hey, mom here's your little printouts <laughs> that's insane and i love that oh my god yeah i think i was just I don't, I, I think I was able to walk. I might be selling myself short. I don't know. I'm sure you were. Probably couldn't talk that well at two. But, <laughs> no. I definitely wasn't using a computer. I don't think we had a computer at home until I was about like six or seven. Oh, wow. That might not be true. Maybe it was like four or five. We had like the, the family computer. Yeah. You know, I, I remember we had the Windows 95s. We had two of them. Mm-hmm. And then I don't think we got a laptop until I was six or seven. Oh, I don't think I don't think I had a laptop until I was in middle school. Oh, it wasn't my laptop. I didn't have a laptop till I went to college and that was like my big, big purchase was Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. No, we had <clears throat> my dad had a computer. We had the family computer, then my dad got his own computer that we all used. And we had the old computer as like the the kids study. Thing. Oh, yeah. And then when I was in middle school, my dad bought me a laptop to keep my grades up. Like I never had bad grades anyway, but I don't really, I don't really remember. It was, it was a sign of trust and love for my father to have a laptop. <laughs> 
So, and I hardly used it. It's the same as like my cell phone. I got a cell phone when I was in sixth grade because I was going to a school that was an hour away from me and my mom was paranoid and wanted me to have a way to contact her at all times. So I got a hand-me-down cell phone when I was 13, 12 or 13, when like cell phones were just becoming like available to everyone. Oh yeah. Um, which probably isn't true. Like I'm going to backtrack on that. I feel like early 2000s were probably when everybody was getting them available. This was later 2000s. Yes, it was early 2000s because that was when we had the bag phones. My, my mom had a bag phone. Right. Yeah, that's what my mom had too. So this was later 2000s. This was probably like 2008 I got my first phone. Um, and I got a, <laughs> I got a razor because I was a brat. Ah, yes, I love the razors. <laughs> I had the, the V3 one and I would always like flip it. I could flip oh, yeah. it. They were cool. They were neat phones. Um, they, <laughs> we're just going back into technology now for some reason. Um, but yeah, oh, all because of who taught us how to write a check and, and the way that the world has turned. Yeah, I mean, I didn't even learn how to write a check until I think school taught us officially when we were like in fifth grade. Oh, I don't. I bet that's not even in the curriculum anymore. I, I don't think it is. It probably isn't. Wow. That's I mean, hardly was a part of the curriculum then. And that was because of, there was this thing called junior achievement that we would do. Mm-hmm. And uh, we all went and like had our own little village that we were all a part of and everybody had different jobs and there was even a little government and everything. And Oh, that's kind of cool. It was kind of neat. It was definitely kind of neat. I was actually the mayor. <laughs> I figured you'd be in politics to be quite honest. Yeah. <laughs> my one and only time in politics <sighs> so far mm, i think i've screwed myself out of that one but oh yeah never know <laughs> if i end up in politics i'm sorry <laughs> it's all uh, yeah so that's that's our episode on credit thus far guys if there's something we didn't cover that you want us to you can send us an email at mindovermillennialpodcast at gmail.com and if there's just a specific question that you have or, you know, we said something incorrectly, that would probably be me in this case, not Lauren. <laughs> it could also Let be me. <laughs> it could absolutely be me. Feel free to correct us, give us any feedback, whatever. We're not the experts, we're the expert Googlers. We are pretty good Googlers. Um, and yeah, and also find us on Instagram because uh, we need some we need some followers, guys. We do. We, we, uh, we have 14. We're sad. We Please get us above that number. Find us. Give us some follows. We'll post more. It's a, it's a Mind Over Millennial podcast uh, over on Instagram, and we do post puppy pictures. So I'm actually posting more puppy pictures today. Yay, more puppies. So even if you don't like the, the podcast, you, you have to like puppy pictures, right? <laughs> Everybody likes puppy pictures. If you don't, you're a sociopath, and I don't want you listening to us anyway. So bye. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, well... We love you, you beautiful human unicorns, and we will see you on the next one. Bye, guys. Mind Over Millennial Music by Zach Era and Gabriel Ramos. We are funded mainly by ourselves, but we're not too proud to ask for support. Feel free to drop us a line to learn how you can keep learning from our mistakes and Google sources, of course.